Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Joining us today is Lucas Rockwood. Lucas is a yoga teacher trainer, digital nomad, green food junkie, and serial entrepreneur. He founded Absolute Yoga Academy in 2006. It's one of the top 10 yoga teacher training schools in the world, with over 2,000 certified teachers. He's the host of a popular weekly podcast, Yoga Talk Show, where he discusses all things yoga and wellness. Lucas is also a highly acclaimed writer, TV personality, business consultant, weight loss expert, and health coach. Lucas, thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Before we jump into more about your business, I would love to know a little bit about who you are and what you like to do when you're not at work. I'm a yoga teacher and a teacher trainer, and I spend a lot of time doing uh, food and health and wellness. When I'm not at work, I end up doing the same kinds of things, just more for fun. So I spend a lot of time outdoors, do a lot of yoga. I do a lot of cooking, food prep, and I always am uh, interested in new ingredients, new foods. Great. Now, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your journey. How long have you been coaching and what really led you to get into it in the first place? Like a lot of people who get into health and wellness, I had a health crisis and my health crisis came really young. And I think that was really fortunate. It happened when I was about uh, 23 years old. I had a, a grand mal seizure and I was living in New York City at the time. And it was just a few months after September 11th. And it was a really mentally and emotionally stressful time in the city. And it was a really confusing time in my life, and I was abusing drugs and abusing alcohol, and I was not sleeping enough, and um, I was just kind of a mess. I had really negative habits and really negative social group, and all of those things uh, landed me in the back of an ambulance. And I, I woke up in an ambulance staring at my father and my mother, and it was just a real big... Uh, point of humiliation for me. And it was a wake up call. Mm. I knew I need, I knew I needed to do something. I, I, uh, by, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it was a, a pretty, uh, soft slap on the face. I still had all four limbs and my brain was working and I, you know, I didn't have any chronic illnesses or anything, but it was scary enough that it really, uh, scared me sober. And yeah. I started looking for things and I inevitably within the first few months of searching, I got dragged to my first yoga class and it was a hot yoga class, which I'm sure many of your listeners have tried hot yoga is kind of an excruciating experience. And uh, about uh, seven minutes into class, I blacked out and sort of crawled out of the room and laid in the, my back in the lobby for the remainder of the class. And after class, I signed up for a monthly pass and I went to something like 380 <laughs> classes in a row. And, oh my gosh. Um, within uh, six weeks, I'd lost about 41 pounds. My clothes, you know, I, I got so small so quickly, my clothes didn't fit me. So I was walking around with these clothes hanging off my body. People didn't recognize me on the street. Within six months, I'd left New York City and, and changed my whole life. I, I started getting really into, into plant-based nutrition and teaching, health coaching, lecturing. And I'd never done any of that stuff before, but I was so inspired by the dramatic changes I was able to achieve in my life that 
I wanted to teach in. So I was in front of audiences of all different sizes, ended up on, on radio. We, you know, we didn't have podcasts back then, but I was doing a lot of radio and television and a lot of public speaking. And one thing led to another, and this is, it's led me to where I am today. You know, it sounds like just through your life that you've had a lot of ups and downs. And that really, you know, for most people, business mirrors that as well. It rarely stays on this upward trajectory. So can you tell us about a low point that you experienced when you were building your business or maybe just a big disappointment? There's a real celebration of the entrepreneur right now. And I always cringe slightly when I hear it because there's so much, there's so much pain that goes along with it. And I, I, I think it's akin to parenting as well. You know, we, we think of parenting as wonderful. And then behind the scenes, you know, parents are silently crying in the corner because there's, <laughs> there's so many, so many challenges. And of course it's worth it. Of course it's worth it. But there's so many challenges and the entrepreneurial journey to me has very much mimicked and mirrored that path. And in terms of highs and lows, you know, I just, uh, it, it, sometimes it's weekly, sometimes it's definitely monthly. And for sure, on an annual basis, there's highs and lows. But for me, the lowest of lows, for sure, are when I've had to fire people and when I've had to lay people off. And that never, you know, I fired, I had my, I had my, to fire my first employee when I was 24 years old. I was running a, running a fairly large restaurant in New York City. And I fired a guy who was about 12 years my senior, grown man, cried, walked out of the, you know, it was just humiliating for me and for him. And it, you know, all these years later, it hasn't gotten any easier for me. And every few months I have to fire somebody. And I just hate it. So for me, that's definitely, definitely the lows are firing people, letting people go, telling people they're, they're not the right fit for the job or even worse, just telling them they're not good enough, which sometimes, sometimes you have to do. It's one of those things with, like you said, building a business. It's, it's almost a constant up and down. You know, things go well. Then sometimes they take a, a step or two back. But one thing is sure. It's like you always have to have this consistent action. You always have to be moving forward in some way if you really want your business to succeed. So can you tell us about a time when you felt like you were starting to gain momentum or maybe hit a tipping point when your business started to bring some success to you? There's been a number of different times when I've really found success for me. I've always been someone who hedged, meaning I always have many different plates spinning as a, as a security blanket. And there's, there's good things and bad things. But for me personally, it's served me really well over the years. And so the times when I think about when I've gotten real, real traction, I, I guess I can think of one clear time, um, you know, accidentally had a, had a viral article that got over a million views and over 25,000 social engagements, mostly Facebook likes and, you know, resulted in, in, in tens of thousands, probably somewhere between 25 and $35,000 worth of sales within about a 48 hour period. So that was kind of one of those times when had all these different things spinning. And so what did those things spinning mean? Well, you know, it was blogging and writing and doing interviews like this and all these different kinds of things. And, and, and once in a while you just hit pay dirt. And that was, that was, that was one of those times when, you know, serendipitously things came together and it wasn't luck because I've been working, but it was, uh, it, it sure felt lucky. Right, right. And it's just fun when something like that yeah. happens out of the blue, it feels like. Now, you know, talking about blogging and doing interviews and, and doing all of that action, you know, a lot of times we measure our success 
when we can hit certain goals, you know, I want to get in this publication and, you know, I want to get on this particular radio talk show. What has been something that you've considered to be a favorite achievement so far? It's a difficult one. I think at different times we uh, attribute, we, we tend to get really caught up in delivery systems, I find. So, you know, early on, I really wanted to be on television and then that happened and it wasn't that exciting early on. I really wanted to be on radio and it wasn't that, you know, and then, and then it happened. And it wasn't that exciting for a long time. It was blogs and all this kind of thing. And for me, the real big, uh, the things that have really lit me up long term and kept me very proud, the things that, I, you know, I'll tell my children about are when people's lives have really been impacted long term. And so in my business, the biggest impact that I've had is when people who've come through my training programs, my teacher training programs, open their own yoga studios and they're successful in their local communities and their it's my my work you know has been passed down and amplified in local communities and that's you know i just have dozens and dozens of you know now i have i've even videoed i've created these video stories of these people's success stories and that's something that i feel very very proud of in terms of uh, a, a real landmark achievement. And while there's certainly been way bigger financial successes and PR successes, those are the things that I really hang my coat on. Yeah, that sounds nice just to be able to look back over your career and see so many people that you were able to help create their dreams. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, you just as I was reading your bio, you know, you've had a you've had a long career, you've done a lot of things. But like most entrepreneurs, I'm sure you still have things that you want to accomplish. So can you tell us about something that you're really excited about creating next in your business? A term that I've been using a lot when I talk to myself and when I talk to my staff is this concept of body of work. And uh, I use that term to define the work that I've done in my career. And when I think of my body of work so far to date, and uh, I'm, I'm relatively young, but I've been working, I've been full-time in the workforce for, for 20 years this year. And when I think of my body of work, most of it, like 95 to 98% of it is not significant enough for me to tell my grandkids about, which I don't have yet, but I, I, I will someday. And that to me is, is a weird thing to think about. And more and more, I think about body of work and how, how, how can I spend more time I'm doing stuff that I will be proud of for long, long after I'm gone. And I think about legacy and I think a lot about creating something like uh, the, the one analogy I use that I think clicks with people really quickly is Bob Dylan lyrics. You know, mm -hmm. they're just so, they're just so <laughs> damn good. And if I, you know, if I could create something, something in my market in yoga and health and wellness that is as sticky, as evergreen, as timeless as uh, Bob Dylan's song lyrically. That's what I'm really looking to do. And so when I look forward, you know, I'd like to make a company that'll last over a hundred years. I have financial goals and I have, you know, the number of teachers and studios I like to open. But all of those things at the end of the day, that's really what I'm looking for is something that resonates way beyond my I mean, so my teachings at the end of the day, I'm an educator and, my, and I just want my teachings to resonate beyond my lifetime. That sounds like something that a lot of people probably aspire to, maybe not at the beginning, but like you said, as, as you begin to think about legacy, that's, that's really great. I want to move the conversation just a little bit now and talk about business. One thing that we talk about a lot on the podcast is that there's a lot of different ways, online and offline, to make a living as a coach. So can you tell us how you're generating revenue in your business today? 
When I first started, which was about 12 years ago, I would do one-on-one consulting. I would do a uh, small group and private group and, and even, uh, you know, groups of 30 people. And I would coach that way. I'd sell four packs and eight packs and 12 packs. The one thing that I got my head around really, really quickly is that the, the one-off sessions, which I'm sure a lot of people listening who are coaching, they're trapped in right now. I, I really, I, I appreciate the fact that that was hopeless very early on. And that really made the biggest dramatic shift in, in my business and my future and the impact that I have on people. And when I work with yoga teachers or personal trainers or coaches or therapists who are stuck in their business, they're almost always attempting to be in the movie ticket business where they're trying to sell one ticket to one session again and again and again. That's a tough business to be mm-hmm. in and, and nobody wins. And so instead moving to, you know, what I call the membership or, you know, instead of transactional, the relational business, mm-hmm. this is what really made a big shift for me in terms of what I do now. Um, I'm, I'm pretty thick in the woods. So, I mean, I have products and service and productized services and, you know, pr- coaching programs that are, are uh, 12 months long and things that are 12 weeks long and everything in between. So it's a, it's a very complex structure that I've grown into. But uh, when I first started, it was really a matter of stopping, get, getting out of the ticket taking business, the one and the one and done movie theater. Here's a, here's a ticket. Give me some cash. I'll give you a session and getting into this idea of let's develop a relationship one and done serves no one, whether we're talking about health coaching or business coaching or sports coaching, any kind of coaching at all. One session is not going to do anything and it's certainly not going to grow a business. And so that was the biggest shift that happened for me. Yeah, that's great because you, any coach that's working a, a, a one-on-one business, there's really only in reality 40 plus hours a week that they can, that they can sell if, you know, not even really that many. So, being able to move and change that mindset just a little bit and think of it more as being able to spread that message to a greater number of people. Um, that's a great way to, uh, to, to begin to think of things. You know, a lot of people really like to think about, you know, growing their business. And, you know, like you're saying, you know, moving from that idea of, you know, single transactions to, being able to spread the message even broader. What would you say would be a favorite strategy for bringing in new clients? When you're talking about coaching and working with people, again, whether it's a health coach or a business consulting, whatever it is, the biggest thing to me is, is it's not a new concept at all. It's used in pretty much every service industry in the world, whether it's, you know, lawyers or business consultants or health coaches or whatever it is, but it's this concept of a, a free session. And, you know, I call it a discovery class. Other people will call it, you know, a website consultants will call it a web analysis, you know, personal trainers, a nutritionist might call it a diet analysis or a kitchen analysis. But this idea of lowering the barrier to entry all the way down to free, so that's very easy to get started with you, and then going from free to a relatively sizable commitment. And so for people listening who are new to coaching or consulting or working one-on-one with clients, they're probably doing a lot of work to sell one session. And the shift that made the biggest difference for me is doing a little work to give something away for free, and then from there jumping to package sales. So when I was first doing nutritional coaching, that meant I would do a free discovery call where I'd spend 20, 25 minutes kind of walking people through the challenges, basically listening, active listening, seeing what people is going on with them and then saying, hey, here's how I think I can help. 
Here's how we can work together and never, ever, ever selling one session, just not making it available. Because again, I don't want to be in the transaction business. I want to be in the relationship business, knowing full well that both for the client and for myself, there is no future in selling movie tickets. We've got, we've got to work together for at least a month before anything can happen. Yeah, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and their opinion was that it really takes, um, you know, at least a couple of months to sort of build a foundation of trust with a client. Do you find that to be the case that you really need a, a, a length of time before you can get that foundation built with someone? Well, that's a, that's a tricky one to generalize because it depends on how people enter. And so a lot of people who enter into a coaching agreement with me are familiar with my work. They might have been on, on my email list for years or listen to my podcast for years. And so we can develop rapport very, very quickly. Now, in other cases, if I go into industries or into relationships where I have no rapport with people, yeah, it could easily take a month just to establish that baseline of trust and where am I coming from and all these kinds of things. So I think it really depends on what kind of materials you have out there. And for, for people listening who are coaches or consultants or whatever it is, when you're thinking about developing marketing collateral and educational marketing materials, a lot of what that's doing is, is pre-establishing that relationship. So when you get on that first call or that first meeting or that first conference, group or private or whatever it is, you already have established a certain level of authority and rapport so that you can get right into the thick of things. You know, looking at some of the things that you've done with radio shows and having a podcast and being a writer and coaching, do you feel that it's a good idea for coaches to kind of to, to go broad in the in putting themselves out there, you know, to try to try to do videos, try to do Facebook Live, you know, how how much is too much? One thing we're all guilty of is getting hooked on a delivery system. And so, you know, five years ago, everyone was talking about apps and everyone wanted apps and, you know, it wasn't about a website. We just wanted an app. And then, you know, seven years ago, everyone wanted a blog and now everyone wants a podcast. And the reality is the delivery system is kind of irrelevant, whether it's a newspaper 50 years ago or an app five years ago or a podcast today. What People really want, when we're talking about what we're talking about, which is service industry, problems, solutions, client's got the problem, we've got a solution, client needs help, we've got a process. It's kind of, it's really irrelevant. So the, the, my, my answer is be flexible to whatever delivery system works and also be flexible to whatever you're good at. I've developed this kind of radio monotone voice that works really well. So I talk a lot on podcasts. Other people are charming and they're, they look great and they've got a nice, they've got a knack for the tech and they, they can look great on camera. By all means do that. Other people know weird things about weird platforms. I have colleagues who are just great at LinkedIn. I can't understand that platform. You know, to, I have a huge following there. I don't know how to use it. And so, um, but I know people who've built entire coaching businesses just off of writing articles on LinkedIn. So I do not, in, in the old days, I certainly did do the spray and pray method where, you know, just put it on every social media platform I could find. And these days I'm much more of a fan of going deep into something that you have affinity and traction with. And even if it's not what other people are doing, maybe you're mm -hmm. great at Snapchat, maybe you're great at Instagram, maybe you're great at some of these, the, these lesser known, but really, really powerful platforms like, I don't know, LinkedIn or, or Medium or something like that. 
Right. That's, yeah, that, that's a cool way of looking at it. You know, with the idea of building up a successful business, I mean, you've been in the industry for quite a few years. You've built out a lot of different things. What would you say to someone who's brand new? What would you say would be the first thing that they should do? Or maybe what do you wish was something that you did at the very beginning? If we're talking about coaching and consulting and, and, and any, any of that kind of business, I think the most important thing that nobody explained to me for many, many years is this concept of ascending client value and understanding that in every market, there's a certain percentage of people who are hyper responders. And to help people understand that, I'll just tell a story. When I, when I first started doing yoga, I had basically no money, but uh, all of my money I spent on yoga because when we're really into something, our disposable income gets dumped into that sport. If you look at the people who are the most fanatical surfers or snowboarders or golfers, very few of them have any money at all. And yet they're spending a ridiculous amount of money on the thing that they love. Why? Because they're hyper responders. And in any market at any given time, there are people who are bonkers for what you have. And it's not the majority, it's the minority, but those are your best possible clients. So it doesn't matter if you're selling designer shoes or bottled water or an executive coaching program or a weight loss program or business consulting. There's a certain percentage of people, probably around 5 to 10%, who will take everything that you've got and more. When I say more, that means when they run out of stuff with you, they'll go to somebody else and they'll buy it all. And at any given time, you have been, I have been, we have all been in that position where you can't get enough. There is no such word as enough. You want everything on the market and more. And understanding that can put you in a really unique position. What will happen is our tendency will be to stop. So we write a book and then we stop. We create a four-part coaching program and then we stop. We create a 12-week transformation program and then we stop. And instead, what you always want to do is make sure that you have a high-end option for those crazy hyper-responders like I was when I first started doing yoga. And I wanted everything and anything you've got. And didn't matter if I didn't have the money for it, I was going to buy it. Every kind of yoga mat, all the clothes, every book, every video program, can't get enough. Give it to, <laughs> give it all to me. And so, uh, when you understand that, you can add, you can add a tremendous amount of top and bottom line revenue to your business simply by catering to those people. Instead of, you know, you have your standard, you know, four session pack, your eight session pack, and then maybe have some crazy bonker, bonkers, 12 month pack, you know, which mm -hmm. is your crazy, I'll fly over and spend time with you and somebody will buy it and it'll blow your mind. <laughs> well, and like you said, if, if you are talking about maybe five or 10% of your community or your client base, you may not sell a lot, but just having something like that available for those super fans, that's going to be something that, that, like you said, is just really going to add to the bottom line when that is the right product for that right person. So that's some great advice. You know, Lucas, this has been really good. I've learned a lot. I just, what we were talking about right now is, is amazing. I'd never even thought of things that way. Um, we're going to finish up though with our final five rapid fire questions. So what is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? For me, I would say consistency. And I think people, uh, that they, they underestimate the power of little actions on a daily basis. And that might be podcasting. That might be writing an article. That might be 
doing a gratitude journal, that might be a savings account, it might be doing 20 squats, it might be doing 10 push-ups, but these little teeny actions compound over time. And so I think consistency is one that's really powerful. Mm. What's one habit that you think every successful coach needs to develop? The thing that I'm always amazed that people don't do is is reading. And reading is just, uh, I can't emphasize enough what a difference it's made and what a difference it continues to make in my life. And reading takes different forms. And these days we have great, great content in audio and video format with podcasts and YouTube and things like that. But just being a student for life and Dedicating time every day to your craft is something that people never were able to do in the past and a lot of people neglect to do now and there's just no excuse. Well, on that note, recommend one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life. The book that I always recommend is a really old school one, which is How to Win Friends and Influence People. And everyone's heard of it. Probably everyone's read it. And they probably forgot it. And it's one of those books that I have read probably six or seven times. And in terms of interpersonal communication, business communication, negotiation, I've just never found a better book. It's so concise. You know, there's entire, there was an entire seminar business built off the back of that simple book for many, many years. And it probably still exists in some form or another. And it's just hard to go wrong. People say we live in the information age. I think we live in the communication age. And most people are really poor communicators. They write in all lowercase and use emojis. And uh, <laughs> if, you, if you can learn how to be an effective communicator, understanding human needs, understanding how to win friends and influence people with the best of intentions, it's really powerful. So that's a book, uh, Dale Carnegie, that I always come back to, an old, old, old one, but great one. Give us one online resource that you think coaches would love and that you couldn't do business without. You know, I, I, I would say Audible, Audible, <laughs> Audible, which is, uh, uh, audiobooks for people who don't know. Amazon bought Audible many years ago and I got on Audible 10 years ago and I have literally read hundreds of books. And, uh, because you can read them in audio format, it allows you to plow through a lot more stuff. And so while that's not a, a software or, a you know, a, a social media site, I just can't recommend it enough. I think if you're not listening to audiobooks, you're just missing out on a goldmine opportunity for learning when you're in the car, when you're waiting in line. If you're not walking around with a library on your phone, I just think it's foolish. <laughs> now, finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? What social platforms are you on the most and what's your website? My website is yogabody.com. If you want to hear me rant about yoga and food and nutrition, you can check out yogatalkshow.com. That's my uh, weekly podcast. And I'm mostly on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. And if you just plug my name in, Lucas Rockwood, you'll find more stuff than you could ever, uh, ever want to consume in a lifetime. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, I'll be sure to put all of those links on the show notes page. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lucas. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business. 